fucking master! I tried with Sam. I wanted to save him. Well, I reckon it's a lot more complicated than that. I'm looking for my brother. Tommy, those things that you judge me for, I did those things to keep us alive. We did those things. They weren't things. We murdered people. Be careful who you put your faith in. The only people who can betray us are the ones we trust. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Brickmasters podcast a spoiler-filled recap show for the hit HBO series, The Last of Us, starring Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. And with me today is my special, my super special guest co-host. You know him from The Black Guy Who Tips and HBO's Game Theory with Bomani Jones. It's Rod Morrow. How the hell are you, Rod? Hey, bro. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. I've like we talked about a little before, I'm burning the candles at both ends, like we're we're known to do at uh, these uh, times in our lives. But I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad we're podcasting about some a fine piece of media. Oh, and yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm ready to get into it, man. So it's great to have you on here. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you thought about this series so far? We're on. We just finished episode six. So yeah. how do you feel about it? Oh, man, it's such a masterful translation of the game and the areas you can expand on. You know, I think people forget the first Last of Us is like 10 years old or maybe 13 at this point. It's, you know, so there's areas of expansion you can do to the narrative and to the characters that, you know, I'm sure Neil Druckmann sitting with that for 13 years and finally getting a chance to translate this to to live action on the screen. Uh, I'm sure he's been just thinking of what could he have done differently in the game? What could he have done better? And seeing some of the choices they're making, you know, using like a deaf actor, um, going back and, and telling the story of two uh, lovers uh, that we ended up reading low-key, uh, reading about their relationship in the game and seeing the, the sad ending rather than the kind of tragic but also romantic ending from the movie so i mean from the uh tv show so I, i've been very impressed uh also uh, the main the main thing i've been impressed with is the restraint like mm. i feel i think when you are making something where you put hundreds of hours into making a game and people play it and put 30, 40, 50 hours in it. It's hard not it's hard to see pieces of it, I think, and not want to put it in the in the TV show. Right. But they have made choices that have made things expedient and fast moving so that when you end an episode of this show, you feel like you went through a chapter of the game. Right. And chapters of the game, if you play the way I play, can take you hours. <laughs> but they they are they are lining this shit up to where like a long episode would be like an hour and a half. But in general, you're you're in and out, and they're hitting the notes and the paces and the things that matter. Um, so I've just been so impressed with the pacing of the show, and uh, of course the acting uh, has just been top. I, I have five out of five. I have no complaints about this show. Yeah, I I think one of the most impressive 
oh, I think one of the most impressive things to me, other than the acting, is the pacing. I'm just so impressed. I mean, every time I'm watching it, I'm taking my notes furiously, taking notes. But I don't think, like I was telling Veronica a couple of weeks ago, I don't know that I, I've been enjoying the show, but I don't know if I'll enjoy it until I've until it's all over, until I maybe go back through. But I really appreciate the pacing. I'm just like. Oh, how are they? Because I'm watching last night's episode and I'm like, how are they going to get through? Oh, they did it. <laughs> yeah. And 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 to their credit, nothing feels rushed to me. No, it doesn't. Is, Not at know, all. Like, Because I think sometimes when you want to have like a narrative economy, you end up sometimes rushing through shit like, oh, y'all get it right. It's like, <laughs> no, I feel like they spent enough time with his brother. I feel like, you know, everything they said with Elias week, I feel like we spent enough time with Sam. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like like, I didn't feel like anything, like, if it left you longing, it was supposed to. Not, right. it wasn't a, I wanted more of this character, and the show ripped us off. It's, no, this character's arc ended, and you want more of them because it's sad that people die. Yeah. How did you feel about, uh, you know, we've talked about this plenty of times, just talking about the game in general. How did you mm-hmm. feel about the way... um henry and sam were were portrayed i know we talk about black mm-hmm. characters you know in the game like making it to the end credits and all that but like how did you feel they this was done yeah it's interesting because you know i've never been a black characters need to live person for mm-hmm. me to enjoy something i've always found that to be uh somewhat of a um uh something that limits joy a lot of time because mm. I if you tell a good story and it happens that the person dies, I don't really care what their race was. Right. You know, right. early on in Walking Dead, I remember we would get people that write into our show and be like, Man, the brother died. I'm like, Yeah, everyone on the show gonna die. It's the walking dead. Like <laughs> you're very yeah. like there's a help of a handful of people that'll make it to the end, but the vast majority of people we run into are gonna meet a demise. And it's just how well was the character written, how well was it performed, and how did they go out? And so uh in, with Sam and Henry, man, what I liked about this version is it really gave like a reason that they were on the run. And mm-hmm. that yeah, and, and like I love how they because everything is an allegory, well, not allegory, every in a story like this, the people you come across are all shades of the protagonist, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So in this case. Henry and Sam are shades of uh, Joel and Ellie in that you're protecting this kid. How far will you go? And what happens if you fail? You know, when you, especially when you love somebody, you know, I think the key tenet of the last of us universe is the danger of love, you know, what you'll do for it, what you'll do to protect it and what you'll do when you don't got it. And um, (laughs) seeing, seeing, Joel see his ultimate like nightmare of like this is what happened when you lose somebody you love and say you know just like that shit was heartbreaking but seeing them take uh Henry and go yeah but he's kind of a dick on the if you look at it from another perspective right that's what was missing in the game with him but you put that in here and I love I he becomes a three-dimensional character to me because he feels like he's kind of a piece of shit yeah. And, 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 you know, he's obviously trying to help his brother survive, but but then he really, it really nails it when it's like, um, this is why this woman is after me. And this is why, you know, like they're kind of right. I sold mm-hmm. this dude out, but I, but I would sell out a million dudes for my brother. Right. 
and that's that's a theme that continues. And it's just like I always say, like, pay attention to this scene. Message, yeah. message. Mm-hmm. I what I appreciate is the fact that I know they they skew they skewed them to be like younger in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh Sam was like he the actor playing him is 28, but mm-hmm. I mean, and then the the guy uh Kevon Woodard is like seven, eight years old, and it just made it even more like intense. And then just the way that they looked on camera, just like, oh, these are these like are still young. Obviously, uh Sam's a baby, but Henry's like, he's a kid, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I I really appreciated that. Like, I mean, I kind of got I mean, I called her obviously a, a, a post-apocalyptic Karen and everything. Yeah, <laughs> she kind of was though. She was, yeah. And I, it, but I I love the perspective of hers was about she failed to protect her brother or whatever, and then she felt like I'm gonna make the whole fucking world burn. I don't have right. that love in my life, and so if I gotta kill kids, I'll kill kids because yeah. I go, I'm gonna get my get back, and that's really. The danger of love is at the core of every single story and character in this in this in this show, and 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 I love I love that because I'm one of those people that believes in that. Yeah, it's great, man. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Glad you're here. We're gonna get into this. Uh, this is uh, episode six. Ken, directed by Yasmila Zabarik, I believe that's how you pronounce it, and it's written by Craig Mazin. And I'll read a little blurb. Uh, after ignoring advice, uh, after ignoring the advice of locals, Joe and Ellie descend deeper into dangerous territory in search of the Fireflies and Tommy. Mm. So we, we open on a flashback of uh, Henry killing himself and Joel, Joel trying to stop it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that because that that just that's the thing that sticks out. That's essentially an act break. Uh, mm-hmm. in the game uh end of a chapter and then um we get a, a a title card that says three months later and it's a beautiful snow you see there's an image of this the the vast snowy region of the western region of the united states we see a deer carcass hanging a, actually a, a carcass of a buck hanging about there's a an unidentified man carrying a freshly carrying freshly killed rabbits into a cabin He's carrying a bow and arrow. He hangs up the rabbits outside of the door. Uh, and then he goes inside and he sees his wife. He puts down the bow and arrow. And then you hear Joel say off camera and the gun. And then mm-hmm. he says, who the man says, who the hell are you? Just passing through. The man does as he told, does as he's told. He asks his wife, why didn't you shoot him? He says, the gun's all the way over there. <laughs> he didn't hurt me, by the way. He said, you made, he said, you made him soup. Yeah, I did. It's cold out. And they, they don't. So essentially they don't see Joel and Ellie as a threat. And she oh, said, not that. Yeah. Not that much threatening. They're seasoned veterans of the apocalypse. Also, right. noted, I don't know if you peeped this, but when he first looks at his wife, she makes eyes toward yeah. like someone's in here. Over yeah. that way. And I don't know I because they were so calm. I actually don't know if he picked it up and was like, cool. Or if he, or if he just didn't notice, because that's just how chill these folks were. Yeah, it's just this, all of this intense show just turned into reservation dogs, like off the <laughs> rip, uh, which is a great show. Yeah. And uh, we, you know, it. it so then, 
Wait, so since he didn't hurt me, by the way, you made him soup. So yeah, it's cold out, and they don't see him as a threat. He's got a he's right. got a girl with him. Joel wants them to tell him where they are, and he says, "You got a map? Why are you lost?" Ellie says, "Because we missed all the street signs in the enormous fucking forest." And they laugh at Ellie, and Joel says, "Never mind, never mind, Ellie." And he's never mind her, and he points to the map where they are and says, "It better be the same as your wife's answer." And this is an interrogation tactic that yeah. we see in the in the video game, and it's much later in the game, and it's the circumstances are much more dire than we're in right now. Right. So I was kind of like, okay, all right, Joel, it's a little bit too much on these elderly people. Well, he wasn't torturing them or anything. No, he wasn't torturing. I, I love when she says, uh, "Did you?" He's like, "You didn't ask if you hurt me or something." He goes, "I got eyes." Oh, but yeah. also when she curses about the forest. The dude goes, holy. Yeah. yeah I love because like I because I I've, I'm two seasons in, I've seen two seasons of Reservoir Dogs. It's mm-hmm. just like that expression is like, oh, OK, this kid like. Yeah, I just yeah. love like it, it yeah. felt very much like, man, white people be letting their kids do anything. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so. And he says he's and so the man asked her. um did you tell did you tell him the truth she says yeah are you are you telling me the truth she says yeah he points to the location on the map and joel says well you found a great place to hide i guess mm-hmm. and the the old man says hide came in here before you were, came here before you were even born sonny get the hell away from everybody and we find out that this guy is his name is marlon and his wife is florence they don't say it but that's who they are uh marlon's played by graham green and florence is played by Elaine Miles, Graham Greene, famous actors, Dances with Wolves, um, uh, uh, Wind River, really talented uh, actor. Um, and Marlon says, okay, um, Joel's asking, because he's trying to find his brother and all this. Have you seen Have you seen this guy? Have you seen my brother? Does he look like you? Does he look like you? He says, yeah, a little bit. And then Marlon says, I didn't mean to upset you about your brother, but if you come this far, then you know what's out there. You seen Cody, Laramie, Wind River Reservation? Ellie says, yeah, got close enough. Uh, they're all crawling with infected. Anywhere people used to be, you can't go there no more, he says. And he says, you heard the name Tommy? He says, no. And he said, what about the fireflies? Florence says, we get them in the summer. And Ellie says, not the bugs, the people. And then they said, they're firefly people? And Marlon and Florence laugh. And I, I think this joke, that joke is kind of important. I kind of sense like a, a little more. Well, we'll talk about it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you you got any advice about the best way west? And he says, yeah, go east. Never go past the river ever. And he points to this area on the map where he's talking about. And they said, what's past the river? Florence says, death. We never seen who's out there, but we see the bodies of what they leave behind. Some infected, some not. If your brother's west of the river, he's gone. And uh, Ellie says, you can't scare us. Florence references over to Joel and says, scared him. And then Graham laughs. Joel and Ellie leave. What did you think about this opening sequence, Rod? Well, I want I want them to have their own podcast because I feel like them giving us like a weekly episode of just what's going on in the apocalypse would be uh, amazing entertainment. Yeah. Um, but also like 
uh it was you know obviously well acted another great cold open kind of kind of ish scene um and uh we learned like i love that they weren't afraid of joel and ellie it was kind of like isn't this interesting you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and because partially because they didn't really seem to pose a threat I, I don't think Joel and Ellie were attacking them that way. Um, right. And uh, we get to it later, so I, I won't ruin too much, but just, you know, we're seeing more about Joel and his um, a- a- anxiety about what's yeah. coming up and anticipation of it. And, you know, it was starting to kick. When she said scared him, it, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, up until this point, I've been looking at Joel as this badass dude who's just going to go in there and kill whoever he's got to kill to to get the mission accomplished but it's like you know he's got his doubts too there's raiders or something on that other side that's killing motherfuckers and throwing them in the river he he's not sure he's up to the test this is 20 or 30 years after his daughter died or something like this this is an old man now right right yeah i i I thought something that that kind of struck me because i always bring race into things Mm -hmm. the fact that marlon and florence are native americans Mm-hmm. And then like that's their land. Mm-hmm. And it's like the fireflies like looking to them as hope. And it's like, oh, they're fly firefly people. Mm-hmm. The fuck out of like looking to them for hope for, for and for what we know in the game already, having played both games, it's kind of it's kind of empty. Mm-hmm. Uh it's just it just it I couldn't tell if they knew they were fireflies and they were just fucking with Ellie mm. to be like basically on some like man they ain't yeah. shit or if they really were like make it like 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 doing some we really never heard of these people I could honestly couldn't tell the way that's the interesting um but <laughs> but it's also funny because if you legitimate if you lived in this world and someone legitimately said there's firefly people, you really could be like, maybe it is. I don't know. Motherfuckers turn into mushroom people. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I just looked at it as they're like, what? No. Like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, and it probably was that. I just could like they had a mirth about them that I was like, and they this could be like them fucking with them a little bit. Like, there's um, firefly people, you know, with this little girl. But I once again, I have no no evidence one way or the other yeah made him soup and everything mm-hmm. like that's so funny to me she just like you know they don't show it but just this idea of joe holding her at gunpoint she's just like you want some soup it's cold <laughs> i'm about to have me some soup yeah that I, that's real yeah it's hilarious um so joe and ellie leave and uh ellie says you seriously don't believe them they lived here a long time and joe joe i'm sorry you seriously don't believe joe says they lived here a long time Ellie steals uh, a rabbit. She steals two rabbits, actually. Joel tells her to put it back, and she says they don't know anything. They never even they've never heard of the fireflies. And then Joel uh, is walking a little bit, walks up to the fence, puts his hand arm on the fan, hand on the fence, and rests a little bit. Starts having a anxiety attack, like a panic attack. And Ellie's like, Joel, are you are you dying? Because if you if you die, like I'm fucked. Mm-hmm. And and Joel's like, oh, it's just the the cold. It's just it got cold got to me. And they, uh, you cut to them, Joel and, and Ellie. I, I'll tell you one thing ahead. that don't help a anxiety or a panic attack. Motherfucker asking a lot of funny questions. You about to die? What's going on? Right? Yeah. Like like like. Uh, I love how different Ellie is from his daughter. You know, because yeah. w- while it was genuine concern, there's this like 
mocking of Joe that is constant and just like like she is such a kid, you know, yeah. she's such a like a quote unquote bad kid. And um this nigga's having a full blown panic attack and she's just out here like if you die, I'm fucked. Like it was just I'm like, well, that's not helping. That's probably why he's having a panic attack. Yeah. And you could tell from the 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 we saw enough of Sarah to know that she was she looked after him too, as much as they they both depended on each other, and she was in a lot of ways his caretaker. So definitely Ellie's kind of like a troll. Yeah. Uh, um uh so they're they're walking, you cut to them walking, and time is passing. And uh, really nice, beautiful shots of the the scenery out in the West, Uh, the lovely landscapes. They get to what looks like a frozen river. And then Ellie says, oh, the river of death. Scary. Joel says, don't start. It's it's too close to dark. And there's some caves along the river. They'll set up camp there and they'll just they'll cross it in the morning. Ellie says, good. I'm starving. I should have stole two rabbits. Oh, she she (laughs) did just steal one. And then uh, Joel says, we can get our own rabbits. And uh, uh, Ellie says, you're going to teach me how? Joel says, just keep moving. And they keep moving. And then we cut to Joel at, at the campfire. He's fixing his boots with some tape. Broke boy. Mm-hmm. Ellie is on a rock structure looking at the northern lights or the Aurora Borealis. Joel tells her, hey, come down there before you break your neck. She comes down by the campfire. Joel takes out a flask of an adult beverage, probably whiskey, takes a sip. Ellie asks for some. Joel says, no. And Ellie says, what? Just to warm up. Gives her some. She takes a sip and says, yep, still gross. So then Ellie asks, let's say we find the fireflies and it all works out with my blood and everything. Then what? What will we do? Uh, What will you do, Joel? Uh, And then she, yeah, he says it's never really been an option for him before. But he says he'd probably get some land, build a ranch with some sheep. He'd raise them because they're quiet. And they do what they're told. So dig at Ellie, obviously. And um, he says, fine. Uh, get, oh, you, okay, fine. You and a bunch of sheep. Romantic. Joel asks her the same question. She says, maybe it's because she grew up in the QZ where everything was blocking her. Like she only had the op- option to look up. She wanted to be an astronaut. She'd be an astronaut. So she read books, all the books in the library about Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Jim Lavelle. And she says, you want to know who my favorite is? Joel says, Sally Ride. And she's like, yeah, Sally Ride. Sally Ride was the first mm-hmm. American to uh, be in yeah. outer space. Uh, and she was the youngest woman at 32 to have flown in space at the age of 32. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, wait. She was the youngest American astronaut to have flown in space, having done so at age 32. Yeah. So... Then he's then uh, they say uh, she says it'll work right the vaccine you know she she tells him that she rubs some of her blood on Sam with his bite because mm-hmm. I know it was stupid but I wanted to save him and Joel says well I reckon it's more complicated than that mm-hmm. and he says Marlene she's a lot of things but she's not a fool uh, she's no fool if she says they can do it they can do it and. He says, uh, Ellie says, you want to take first watch or second? Joel says, I'll do both. And he says, get some sleep. Dream of sheep ranches on the moon. Uh, Then we cut to the morning and Joel's still asleep. He wakes up. Ellie's standing guard and tells him, like, you mumble in your sleep still. 
Mm. And she was says she woke up early. Joel was passed out. So she kept second watch. Joel said, you can't do things like that. Ellie says, I can because I just did. Joel says, I'm responsible for you. You know that? And then Ellie says, then don't fall asleep. He said, I right. did all the things you taught me to do uh, because she's a natural. She said, because I'm a natural. And Joel takes it in for a bit. And he's just motions for her to give him his rifle back. She does and says, wake. And he says, wake me up next time what did you think about this this whole sequence did you think that um somebody said once that ellie had a like a hero complex do you think that she knew when you saw that scene in the motel uh, uh in the last episode did you think that ellie thought she could save sam with her blood i think she did i mean we still we forget she's still a kid right and- you know, they've told her she's the chosen one, the savior that doesn't, you know, get infected. They told her that they're going to use her, you know, what's in her to make a cure for everybody else. So, you know, she really has no reason to not believe that, you know, and on a kid level that that would right. help her somehow. But, you know, she knows when she got bit, she lived. And um, yeah, so I, I, I think that was a reasonable thing for a kid to do you know um as far as that scene you just read i think um it made me think of what we see later in the episode which is essentially joel's biggest fear is that he's not up for the task right and falling asleep instead of doing that second watch is like some low-key like yeah you ain't built for this no more like you thought you could just stay up through the whole night, get up in the morning and keep trekking. And it seems that you actually do not, you watched, you know, you like me trying to watch that second game on TNT on the Thursday. It's oh like, my God. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. so uh, I think that was his biggest fear. And of course, Ellie being a kid and a troll is she's mocking him, but she's also pointing out his biggest fears and it's needling him the entire episode. If not the entire series is, she's pointing out these things that he's insecure about. And this is one of those times where she's like, yeah, I got it. Cause you can't do it. You, you were asleep, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it, he is not uh, the impossible white man in the video game. <laughs> Although like, cause Troy Baker even said on the podcast, on the official podcast that, you know, you, you the camera's not on his face. So you don't really, you just mm-hmm. kind of see the back of him. He's doing all this stuff. And, you know, doing all the conventions of a video game and you really don't really see what he's thinking or right. until, until he says what he says. And we'll, we'll get to this, um, soon. Um, so then we cut to well, Joel. Also, let me oh, just go, go on real, real quick for a game to be fun. He has to kill like a hundred people. Right. Cause right. I'm playing it for 40 hours. I can't, you know, 20 hours, whatever. I can't play this whole game. And he, kill five people he got to kill right. like 40 50 60 100 people just to keep me entertained and of course the live action show is not going to have that much in it but they now have an opportunity since a live action show doesn't require that to show the humanity and what it takes out of you yes people because basically by the end of the last of us you're just a fucking psycho you're playing two psychopaths that just murder motherfuckers at will mm-hmm. and, and can they will step up to the challenge of killing mad motherfuckers every time so yeah. yeah this this feels more lived in and more realistic 
definitely the medium the medium is most certainly the message and it's and it's definitely palpable in the live action version when you do encounter infected or humans trying to attack you and i really love that they're leaning into joel being uh not being an impossible white man yeah i mean he is an impossible white man but it's just turned way down like yeah he like impossible white man and he's one of my favorite versions of it old impossible white man where like liam neeson had taken where it's just like he washed but he will wash your ass too so right and and it's the hero when the hero doubts himself that's the more interesting story too and that that it's not to say like i don't want to be i'm not team joel ain't shit he you know yeah i'm not one of them people i I love this i really love the direction they're going with him and we'll probably talk about the scene that's probably going to win him an emmy or in golden globe soon um okay so we cut to joel shooting off a shot he's trying to see if anybody's around we don't hear anything and they continue across the bridge amazing shot i really love that i'm assuming it's the bridge of death i don't know they continue to walk on more time has passed ellie's trying to learn how to whistle but she can't that's in the game um she says how do you do it joel says talent (laughs) she says whatever you should teach me how to hunt and before joel can say anything she says in a playful tone like she's a girl she can't handle it joel says you can handle the shooting not so sure about the dressing that means gutting the animal from the inside um and then ellie says why don't you just why don't why don't they call it undressing but she's still interested she's still interested in it though and then they walk up on a dam and ellie says damn and joel (laughs) says joel tells her that you're no will livingston and ellie says yeah yeah but who is i fucking love that callback that's so good the the poet laureate will livingston um so and she looks at the damn she says so that made it make made electricity joel says don't ask me i don't have a clue and ellie says you know you could have just made something up i would have believed you and they walk uh, they walk up on another river uh uh they walk up on another river ellie asks is what if this is the river of death uh foreshadowing joel pulls out his map they walk keep walking a little bit further until they essentially get ambushed by a crew of people on horseback with guns pointed at them. One of them's a black woman. Mm-hmm. Joel says, Joel says, we ain't looking for, no, we ain't looking for no trouble. We're just passing through man. One of the men says, drop the gun. Joel does. He then, the man then tells Ellie to move back five steps. Five steps from eternity. All right. Uh, Joel tells her that she'll be okay. And Ellie Ellie does. She backs up. And they the man asks, You you've been near infected? Joel says, There's no infected out of here. Uh, there's no infected out here. The hell there ain't. The man whistles for his dog. A guy brings out a dog on a leash. Um uh he says, last chance for a bullet. If you've been infected, he will smell it and rip you up. The dog's unleashed to smell Joel. There's nothing. Joel says, like I said, we'll just move on. The guy says, now her. And Joel is shook. And mm-hmm. the dog starts growling. Then uh, up on Ellie. Then he starts to lick and play with Ellie. Guy says, you brought yourself 10, 10 more seconds. What are you doing out here? And Joel says, just looking for my brother. Nothing more. The black woman on horseback. 
comes closer and asks Joel, what's your name? He says, Joel. And then we cut to horses uh, running into a gated commune. Um, and if you played The Last of Us Part Two, it's very familiar. It looks just like the game. Joel and Ellie are respectively on horseback. Joel sees Tommy working with someone, uh, doing some construction work. And yeah, and Joel yells out to him and Tommy sees him. He runs to him and they hug. Ellie looks a little bummed out and jealous because like she's not the most important thing mm-hmm. in the world. Um, this sequence, what did you think, Rod? What did you think about this sequence here? I mean, I was mostly excited that they got Rutina Wesley to be in it because I'm a big fan of hers. Um, and I had suspected who she was playing as soon as she pulled up. So I was yeah. happy to confirm that later. Um, of course, uh, I was in, I was in, I was intrigued that the dog couldn't sense the infection in Ellie. Mm. Like I don't know what yeah. that means exactly, or like you know what her blood is, what her body's able to do to the infection. But she, right. like I was with Joel, and that I thought maybe she was about to get fucked up, and yeah. I expected him kind of to do something, like maybe try to make a distraction or something to, to scare the dog away or something. But he didn't. Um, and I wasn't sure if that moment would come back or not because I felt like he was panicking in that moment and I'm glad that it came back up. Yeah. I, I was, I love that you could just see the fear in Joel and this is just going, going on to the us, you know, what we were just talking about the vulnerability and the constant anxiety that he has because he's starting to fall for Ellie as his, as a daughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, the more like I think like we learned in episode three, how when you don't have anything to live for, you you're kind of carefree. But then right. you do from when you do find love, you're you're trying to protect the thing that you love. And it it, it causes you to to fear things and uh, to be in constant in a constant state of worry um in times like the fear of loss you know and the inability to protect and all that stuff is the things that i'm sure define him as a man in his mind are all coming back right now and he's starting to question do i even got that in me Uh like we watched this dude get fucking zanned out (laughs) episode one you know (laughs) like yeah like he, he we watched this dude basically um uh fade away from the world you know he's he's beyond feeling beyond connection and all this stuff and so seeing him you know realize that that part of him is awakening again that he can mm-hmm. still be scared that he can still lose things uh it's, it's it's really good storytelling yeah yeah uh so we cut to the mess hall and we see that this is maria she's played by the great routina wesley of true blood and queen sugar um she says you know uh joel and ellie are grubbing out and uh maria says there's more food if you need it and joel thanks her and he says it's been a long time since they had a proper meal ellie says she doesn't think she's ever had a proper meal and she (laughs) says this is fucking amazing ellie catches a young girl staring at her from across the room everybody says this is probably dina uh, I was trying to be cool and say, maybe is it cat? Cause cat was knowing the video game. Cat was Ellie's girlfriend when they first, that was her first part girlfriend or whatever. So I don't know, but the, the Craig Mason said it could be, but maybe it's not. 
So what are we going to do? So Ellie says, what? Like red man. Cause what about, and, uh, uh, what about, what about that girl's manners? Like, uh, she, Joel tells her to mind her manners mm-hmm. and Ellie sees that girl staring at her. She says, what about her manners? Maria says, well, kids around here don't usually look or talk like you. And, uh, and Ellie says, right, maybe I'll teach him. And I want my gun back. And Maria says, they also aren't armed. And right. Tom, Tommy, Tommy, uh, thinks they'll all, they all got off on the wrong foot. And Ellie mm-hmm. says, well, yeah, you're going to have your guys kill, kill us. Tommy right. says, well, we got to be careful. You know, we got to be careful about who we let in this place. It's all bark because they don't really want to, they want to scare those who might try them. Mm-hmm. And they says, you know, well, you, you had a couple of 90 year olds shitting themselves out there. And they said, she, she says, they said that you like to keep dead bodies out there. Maria says, those are for the ones who tried us. Mm-hmm. And Tommy says, uh, a bad reputation doesn't mean you're bad. Not always, at least, says Maria. And Joel says that he appreciates the hospitality, says, but he'd like to have a moment with Tommy just for family. And then right then and there, Tommy grabs Maria's hand and says, Maria is family, actually. Mm-hmm. And Ellie says, oh, shit, congrats. Um, she tells Joel, she nudges Joel to say, to, to say congrats. Joel does. And, uh, he says, Tommy, he says congrats directly to Tommy. Yeah. Maria, which is very there. interesting. Yeah. Well, he's, he's starting to, there's a little jealousy and animosity because, uh, Tommy didn't return his radio messages. Right. So that's a big part of it. Um, uh, so, uh, um, Tommy says, how about a tour? Um, do you, should we go do another chunk or we want to talk about this one? Uh, we can do, let's do another chunk. Yeah. I, oh, okay. I, like, right now. I think everything's pretty straightforward. I don't really sure. have much to add right there. Okay. Maria tells them that they settled. So basically this is a walk and talk and they're giving them a tour. Maria's showing them around. They settled there about seven years ago. A particular section was already a gated community. So they built the wall from that structure and she's pointing around to where that happened and it stopped most of the raiding parties, but they still find pockets of them. And uh, they said, Oh, what about the infected? Tommy's like, yeah, but they're usually smaller colonies and they wandered off from the cities. Uh, All this is basically open country out here. It's a Turkey shoot. This is, he's talking about basically with his gun, he could shoot them. You know, he's a a crack shot. Like you find out in the last of us part two, a lot of this is kind of, uh, in the game, this this settlement in in Wyoming was not uh, as built up. Yeah, and w- w- they're like just starting out in in part one, so that's a an interesting diversion. But they had time to do all this. Also, but, um, they are the people that make it a river of death, right? Like they they're, yes, killing, they they're are. killing these raiding parties they're killing these these uh these clickers and shit and throwing them in the river and their reputation is a bad reputation and it's why those people that we met earlier in the in the show were like don't go over there mm-hmm. and they're basically saying like yeah we got a bad reputation because we want it that way but we're actually a very peaceful commune right now that's a great point yeah i didn't even think about that yep um and he says uh I just said that's a, an illusion of part two. Tommy teaches Ellie how to use a rifle. 
And he says mm-hmm. to Joel, I still got my 700, but I found a variable power scope sub MOA can headshot those fuckers from a half mile out. Ellie says, can you teach me? Joel says, no, he can't. How do you keep this? <laughs> how do you keep this place quiet? And Maria says, carefully being in the middle of nowhere helps not advertising what we have staying off the radio. Joel and Tommy look at each other and Joel's like, uh, huh. That's why we ain't been talking. And, and, um, they have a, they have a multi-faith church. They got a school, they got laundry, the old bank works at a, as a jail and they don't really use it for that though. And they got power working a couple of years ago. After that, they got sewage, plumbing, water heaters, lights. And Ellie says, this place actually fucking works. Then we cut to a herd of sheep. Ellie says, ask uh, Maria, so are you like in charge? Maria says, no one person's in charge, but she's really the leader. I'm on the council, democratically elected, serving 300 people, including children. Everyone pitches in. We rotate uh, patrols, food prep, repairs, hunting, harvesting. Tommy says, everything you see in our town, greenhouses, livestock, all shared. Collective ownership. Joe says, so, communism. Tommy says, nah, nah, it ain't like that. And Maria says, it is like that. Literally, this is a commune. We're communists. Tommy's mm-hmm. like, damn. <laughs> Tommy, yeah, I know, Tommy doesn't say that, but he's like, yeah, I guess this is. Yeah, he stands, like, they're walking, but he stops and stands still for a second yeah. to like, gather himself, like, wait a minute, I'm a fucking communist. Because, like, oh, you know, him and Joe probably voted Republican. And they probably yeah. Bush, you know. Let me ask you this, because I don't know if you listen to Veronica and I talk about this stuff, but we bring up race and, you know, Pedro Pascal, Chilean, uh, mm-hmm. Chilean American. Uh, Mr. Luna is uh, mm-hmm. from Austin, you know, Mexican dude. Like. Do they do they how do they how do they play for you? Like, do they play as like white? Yeah. Or, you, they play as white for you. Yeah, um, and I think it's a purposeful choice. It doesn't, you know, I don't think this that they're trying to make a huge commentary on race with the show. You know? I don't think they are either. Yeah. But but he plays as as white because I think in the game Joel is just white, and of mm-hmm. course you can be a white passing Latino. That's not right. Possible, but um, it's the fact that they've never had a moment of like speaking Spanish or something, even between him and his daughter. Well... Oh, wait, they did? I'm sorry. I may have missed Well, it. Tommy says adios. Yeah, it didn't feel like. <laughs> I yeah. texted Veronica that last night when I saw oh, it. She laughed. But I was just because w- I'm just trying to. I think I'll agenda. just say I think when shows want to um to make that point, 99% of the time they insert like at least one. Yeah, Spanish conversation between a couple people, like what, like all oh, the white people in around or even if it's just a code switch. So like, mm-hmm. you know, what the fuckers know what we talking about. And yeah. maybe that'll come up, but it just feels like the way they've written both characters and the way it is in the game, they're not leaning into that. Yeah. I don't think that just to to be to be clear, I I don't think it's just my agenda. It's just okay. my my ba from Hot Fire Starter yeah. Podcast agenda. That's that's all. Nah, nah. I mean, yeah. listen, stranger things have happened though. So yeah. I mean, you, you could get something from them. We I mean, it seemed like both actors would be able to pull it off, but you know, I just think Neil Druckmann and them don't seem to have it that in mind right now. So right. we'll see. Right. But but I also have to say, love the way they're mixing it up with the like, casting. With the, yeah, I yeah, me too. It. Like me too. like it's not a big deal that they got Rutina Wesley like in the in the show. Like they're not like 
black woman, even though I saw people on black Twitter trying to yeah. act like, Joe yeah. must be racist. And I was like, yeah, I know y'all, y'all trying to find an angle, but well, in general, yeah, in the game, he, him and Marlene come to head, uh, him and Maria come to heads because of how much he's asking out of his brother. So, right, it's it wasn't, it was in the script either way. I don't think it was a extra level of like your black ass. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because I even tweeted like years before the show came out. Like, do you think J- Joel voted for Trump? Yeah. Like, you know, and like they're like we said, like you just said they're white passing Latinos. Yeah. Veronica said that. And it's like I've worked with comedians like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm it's not a, from Texas. And I'm it's not it totally wouldn't be a surprise at all. No. Nah. I just yeah. The way he reacted to that communism was like, mm, you cause you know, their world stopped at like Bush or something. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, this nigga voted for Bush <laughs> both times, both times. Because why you so you've been living out the fucking communist dream and your ass is out here like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. Don't say the C word. I'm like, OK, okay. <laughs> with his brown daughter. Yeah. It's your brown ass. Oh, shit. All right. So then Maria introduces Ellie to a two month old horse named Shimmer. Another Easter egg. Mm-hmm. We meet. We don't meet Shimmer until Tilu too. Um, uh, Maria suggests that Joel and Ellie stay in the empty house across the street from them. It's pretty much untouched since two thousand since oh three, but it's got the heat going. And it and they said she's. He says could do worse. Ellie says, "Oh, trust me, we have been doing worse." Joel says, "We've been doing fine." And then Maria says she'll take Ellie over there so Joel and Tommy can catch up. Ellie looks slightly worried, and Joel just says you'll be fine um we we kind of talked about do i think we could move on because we kind of touched on some of the 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 highlights from this part here um so it's it's uh so i think joel and and tommy are are having this conversation that we're going to talk about in the tipsy bison Mm -hmm. which is the rest which is the the bar um that also yeah, on Tilu too. Um, basically, they exchange a couple of pleasantries. Oh, it's been a long time, and you, know, you, you uh, Joel tells Tommy you haven't aged much, and Tommy's like, "Well, you, on the other hand, mm-hmm. he asks about Tess." Joel says, "Oh, she's fine, and she's not, right. uh, but he's lying because he's for obvious reasons. He's trying to uh, keep uh, if he tells if he tells Tommy about Tess, he's going to have to tell him about Ellie. He's not ready to do that yet." So he asks Tommy asks Joel about Ellie. He says she's the daughter of some firefly muckety muck. Uh, Joel asks if Tommy knows where the fireflies might be. Tommy tells him that the fireflies have a base down at the University of East Colorado. It's a week's ride south, uh, but it's severely fucked up between here and there. Infected raiders. Joel wants Tommy to join him. Tommy can't go. And he says, after I ditched the fireflies, Maria, and her crew took me in, and all they asked is that I follow their rules. Uh, they're very protective of this place. If folks found out about this place, Joe says, oh, the wrong people might show up. Am I the wrong people? Uh, uh, then it then starts, then shit starts to get heated a little bit. They, mm-hmm. they talk about their, how they used to kill people, uh, and uh, they did it because they that's what they had to do to survive. And then uh, Tommy says, but there were other ways. We just weren't good at those other ways. 
And he tells, he drops the bomb. Uh, Maria's pregnant. Yeah. Uh, so that's not in the game. Right. She's a, she's a couple months along and he's scared to death, but he thinks he could be a good dad. And Joel uh, says like an asshole, I guess we'll find out. And Tommy's mm-hmm. like, that's all you got? Just because life stopped for you doesn't mean it has to stop for me. Mm-hmm. And Joel says, we'll grab some supplies and be out of here, be out of your hair in the morning. And he walks out and he has, he gets outside. He has another panic attack. He sees these townspeople hanging around out by the Christmas tree. He sees a young mother who looks like an older version of Sarah playing with her kid. And the kid looks the, the her kid looks like a baby Sarah. Mm-hmm. And he's probably thinking if things worked out differently, he'd probably be a grandfather by now. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts on this, this sequence, Rob? I mean, it was, it was great scene, great acting. Um, the, the 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 bars were so well written because it wasn't like a direct like soap opera moment yeah. but it was like a very much like hey man just because your daughter died don't mean the rest of us not fitting to move on and try right. to create some happiness in this world and um and that clearly became that what the the true argument the true thing that was going to happen between them was just based on it's to this it's still based on losing your daughter like like everything around this 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 thing just rotates around that revolves around that and so uh yeah i thought that it was intense well written and then that panic attack kicked in right after he's reminded of his daughter you know and and what happened and 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 think probably think his thoughts of the future with his brother and the child he's gonna bring into this world so i just thought it was it was like before they even articulated it later they were planting, they were planting these steps so that when you get to that speech he does later, where you're like, oh, this yes, I that's what that was about. Yeah, it, it it's something, man, because it's like you and I have talked about this game so many times. This is they're really leaning into what I what I I I would not say that I coined this, mm-hmm. but this is like cowboy shit. Yeah. The way that they're talking, the way that they these guys carry themselves, the way that most of the most of the characters, well, mainly Joel and and Tommy, they're cowboys, and it's that neo futurist cowboy type deal. And it, it's they're really not gonna, but they kind of, I don't know if you would say, would you say break the mold or just show a different shade? Because it's not like it's not on some broke back mountain shit where where there's like like this um you really don't get anything revealed you you mm-hmm. you 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 they're really expressing themselves in some of these moments and when guys like this talk at length mm-hmm. it means something like it really means something and yeah, i think that's the entire point of the archetype of the yeah. cowboy like mm-hmm. if you look at almost all the cowboys and all the movies and tv shows it's always the machismo the silence the blah 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 and then with all these actors they all get that moment of like this is the guy he's so rough and tumble he never expresses himself but that's what acting is right you take this yeah. character and you lay him bare right one moment and it's you know it's uh um <laughs> uh a, what is a star is born and yeah it's, it's my man backing out the parking lot crying because it's like he's giving you stoicism for an hour and 40 minutes 
So when he cries, it means something, you know? And so when Joel lays his soul bare, it means more because we watched, uh, what, five episodes of just, uh, the main thing is he said is no. And yeah. be quiet and come down from there. And then here he is talking to the only dude in the world that will understand, the only dude that knew him. Mm-hmm. before all this shit happened and and saying like here's my real fears yeah tell me something rod mm-hmm. that's a stars born reference some people uh, might have got two people in the shallow well yeah. i'm more of a chicken 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 fan <laughs> <laughs> oh that guy's probably rich um so where did we leave off yeah there's so yeah that was it was a really good scene um mm-hmm. Then we cut to Ellie coming out of the shower. Maria's left her a note saying, telling her that she's across the street. There's some clothes on, on the bed along with a diva cup or a menstruation cup with instructions. Ellie reads the instructions and says, gross. Hmm. Um, but a couple months ago, she was excited for tampons. Right. But she got to, she's got to learn. Cut to Ellie walking outside in the video game accurate pink and white hoodie she walks over to maria and lets her to maria's house lets herself in she goes to the fireplace she sees a small chalkboard with the names kevin and sarah they're with their birth day of date of births and date of deaths under their names maria comes in with a nice big winter coat for ellie that she traded for uh ellie says it's super fucking purple maria corrects her and says eggplant Ellie asks for her stuff. Maria says it's in a rag pile. He says, did you get that thing I left you? Uh, Which she's referencing the Diva Cup. Ellie says, weirdest gift ever. And Maria says, but useful. She asks Ellie, who cut your hair? Ellie says, world-class salons. (laughs) And Maria says, let me get my scissors. Ellie doesn't want to cut. And Maria says, just a trim. Mm -hmm. And we cut to Maria cutting her hair. Uh, Ellie asks, was this like your job or something? Oh, doing white people's hair, little girl. So, right. um, uh, no. And she says, I was an assistant. She was an assistant DA out of Nebraska. She put her, uh, she used to put bad guys in jail, but she always liked doing hair. She says, maybe because it was a mom thing. Um, and she says, you were looking at the memorial Tommy made. You were looking at the memorial Tommy made. Ellie says, yeah, I'm sorry about your kids. Uh, Maria says, it's okay. And kid, just Kevin. And Sarah was Joel's daughter. Ellie didn't know that. Um, Maria says, maybe I shouldn't have said anything. Ellie says, no, it's okay. I guess that explains him a little. Maria says, look, I'm not going to ask you what you're doing with him, but there are clearly things you don't know about Joel, like how he used to kill, like how he used to kill people. I know about that. So then you understand my concern. He stopped killing people. He stopped killing people. Ellie says, innocent, innocent (laughs) ones. And Tommy did it too. Are you worried about him? Uh, Maria says, Tommy was following Joel the way you are now. And well, maybe I'm, and Ellie says, maybe I'm smarter than Tommy. No offense. Maria says, you are definitely smart. Would have made a hell of a lawyer. There's a whole lot you're not telling me. And uh, she she, says, that's good. That's good. She's like, yeah, that's good. Uh, Therein lies the point. Be careful. Be careful who you put your faith in. The only people who can betray us are the ones we trust. You understand? Message. Um, Mm -hmm. Ellie says, "Mm mm-hmm. And then Maria says, now, come on, grab your super fucking eggplant coat. Where are we going? Maria says, the movies. 
So I would say before I give this to you, I say some of this is probably like an off screen conversation that we had in the game. Now, Mm -hmm. not all of the maybe not all the stuff about Tommy and like following Joel and all that. But definitely she we know she learns about uh, Sarah from uh, Maria. Right. Um, What did you think about this? I I, kind of feel like Ellie's met her match as far as a verbal verbal sparring partner. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I agreed. And also just I love Maria's backstory that we get here. Um, and uh, I love that uh, she respects Ellie and she's the one also that thought of, hey, this girl's going to get her period. Mm-hmm. You know, like something that I don't even think Joel or Tommy were thinking about. Oh, you know? God, no. So I, I love I loved all of this interaction and I didn't walk away like disliking either character or anything i just walked away like those are two people are that like that uh, stand up for themselves and don't bullshit yeah and at the same time she's like okay we're going to the movies i see who you are now like i i got a feel of you uh let's go watch this movie yeah it felt a little bit like uh uh robert guillaume is it Goulian, uh, in, robert uh, guillaume benson yeah guillaume and uh <laughs> Uh, when he when he finished cussing out Morgan Freeman said, "Now come on, get you." Get oh yeah, something. let's go get a drink or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what that's what that's what. Lean it on like. me. When she was like, you know, like, okay, you 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 smart. Okay, I see what you're saying. Uh, but yeah, you can get your heart broke. You can get betrayed if you don't be careful. Now come on, go to the movies. Yeah, a lot of this to me just seems like yeah, it's kind of foreshadowing to the end of the season, but it's just like mm-hmm. themes of the whole fucking. <laughs> like mm-hmm. game uh, both games it's like it's crazy to me I, I i like what they're doing i'm not mad at it at all right um so we cut to uh the the mess hall the multi-purpose room they're all watching uh the goodbye girl which is a 1977 film that was uh written by uh neil simon and it's the first rom-com to gross over $100 million. Richard Dreyfus actually won the Best Actor Award for Oscar uh, mm. for this one. And uh, I'm going to read the blurb of this film. And we can talk about why they we think they chose it. Uh, the Goodbye. So uh, this is a, like the tagline. Thank you, Neil Simon, for making us laugh at falling in love. Again, after being dumped by her live-in boyfriend, an unemployed dancer and her 10-year-old daughter are reluctantly forced to live with a struggling off-Broadway actor. It stars Richard Dreyfuss, Marsha Mason, and Quinn Cummings. Um, I guess it's kind of like this guy, this uh, off-Broadway actor that Dreyfuss plays is kind of down on his luck, trying to make ends meet. And he kind of, there's like this meet cute with the, the 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 woman and they kind of just fall for each other and he says oh well, he'll never leave and there's this daughter the little girl involved and then um uh shit the girl he gets this big big acting job and has to leave but he ends up not really leaving them for good mm. so it's kind of like joel like wanting to it parallels with joel wanting to leave ellie even though he cares for her Right. Uh, but he just 
you know, there's other shit involved. So that's kind of like a loose thing trying to string it together. You're just in a nutshell, basically. Mm-hmm. There's other articles that go deeper than that, but that's basically the gist of it. it makes me want to see the movie now. Uh so I'll probably oh, yeah. I'll probably rent it. Yeah, that's doubt. You put me on to something just now. Yeah. Um, so we cut to Joel. So they're watching the movie. Ellie's in there watching the movie. Every like the whole town's practically there. And we cut to the scene. Um, Joel is uh, tinkering about in like a shed. He's looking for supplies. Tommy comes in and essentially apologizes. Joel is uh, asked, asked Tommy, is this, is this ride to Colorado a suicide mission? Tommy says, no, nothing you can't handle. Just prepare and, you know, do what you do. You know, you're Joel. You're good. Joel asks, have you had people go that way and come back? Tommy says, all of them. Mm-hmm. and and uh tommy's like okay man like what's what's going on here and then joel says she's immune she got infected but she didn't get sick he i saw her get bit and it was that was months ago tommy tells joel like start from the, the beginning joel mm-hmm. tells him that marlene hired him and tess uh to smuggle her for some fireflies and it went bad uh tess you know they test died and this is intercut with ellie has has left the mess hall she's walking around so you don't kind of don't know where she is mm-hmm. um uh so he tells him how ellie saved his life uh when they were in kansas city uh, f- uh this kid was trying to kill joe five years later joe was like i would have destroyed him and ellie had to shoot him because she he was too slow and too deaf to do anything and this girl's 14 years old he tells him about Henry and Sam, how he watched a man kill his brother and uh, and he just stood there, didn't do anything. He was impotent, essentially. And today he thought that dog would tear her apart because it smelled because if it smells something on her, that would be oh, she, it would be over for. Her. And he just said he felt afraid and weak. He's crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says he has dreams every night that he can't remember. He just knows that when he wakes up, he's lost something. He's like, I'm failing in my sleep. And that's Mm. all that I'm, that's all that I, that's all he does. It's all he's ever done is fail her again and again. And he's, he's saying like, he has to leave her. And he said, you know, like you have to take her because make this a better world for your kid. He's pleading with him at this point. Mm. And he says, um, you know, you can't tell anybody about Ellie, not even Maria. If you tell they'll shoot her. And he says, this is the last thing I'll ever ask of you. I I swear this is like, not in the game. Uh, we know that that in the game, Joel intends to leave Ellie with Tommy, but he's just like kind of like going to leave her and walk away. But Joel is like a is broken at this point. He's really broken. What do you think, Rod? I just love the depth of this conversation. They really turned the. This is why this show was made. You know, this scene right here, because they took something from the game that you almost take for granted and they don't really give you the true explanation and they give you a better explanation because killing people would take a toll. The red in his ledger that he's trying to make up with this good deed um, that he's not even sure he can live up to doing this good deed the pan the and then the way that they were able to contextualize the previous events from other episodes and and reframe them in like when you when he was stoic and you were probably thinking like he was on some like 
people die every day type shit. He was actually over there fucking panicking like, bro, this world is too crazy and yeah. this girl is too important. I can't fuck this up and I don't know that I have it. And then it, this is when I realized that Ellie's constant mocking of him has been essentially his internal voice mm. giving life, right? It's, it's yeah. him falling asleep when he didn't want to fall asleep. It's, you know, him not knowing shit, you know, when she's asking these questions. It's, it, you know, it's a bunch of shit that um, he doesn't want to confront. And then, of course, this is after we've seen him see what he, we believe gave him obviously memories of his daughter that passed and what the life he could have had and his brother's about to have that life he's bringing a child into this world like all of that shit came crashing down and pedro pascal just fucking nailed this scene yeah in, in a way that you just even the video game didn't have anything like a scene like this with joel and i i was i was just, like i i just was i was speechless after the scene <laughs> Yeah, it, it was amazing. Like I've I've fallen in love with with Pedro Pascal because I even started watching Narcos, and I know I I like to troll people by saying you guys never told me about Narcos. You never said anything yeah. about. It. I say it on social media or whatever. <laughs> I think people are are up, up up on my game now. But uh, yeah, it's he's terrific. I I thought it was really charming on SNL. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I he's great. I think this scene. This is his. Uh, Nom- Emmy nomination Golden Globe scene oh, yeah. year like I think it, it's really because it was so unexpected like I mean they've been telling us the whole series but like I still wasn't expecting this level of a breakdown yeah. especially like the scene guy I think it's I think it's episode four when they're driving yeah right before when when they get to Kansas City and he's telling Ellie about, yeah, some people, you know, uh, fight for the wrong thing. And he's telling Ellie about Tommy. He's probably yeah. the first time he's ever said something about Tommy. And he's a joiner. He's this. He's that. Very, like, you know, loquacious in that scene. But this one is just like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I really I really dug this one. Yeah, and um, normally with these stoic types, like, a little bit goes a long way. So they could have... Right condensed this to a few lines if they wanted to but i love that they gave him a whole monologue to like really expound and bear his soul and i mean and at the end you know when he finishes this you're like tommy can't refuse right and he and he agrees to go because it's it's like no way no way that man breaks down like that and then you go yeah too bad you know right right and he tommy agrees and he says uh, he'll take her out at dawn and then we cut back. I think, to doesn't he even say like you're younger than me, you're strong? Oh like, yeah, yeah. He like bro, I, it was just complete wow. Yeah, yeah. He really gives it up. It's it's a great scene. Um, I would have done the whole the whole monologue, but like I was under the gun. I had oh, no, I had, no 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 no. Don't the, yeah. I was I was just no. Yeah, it, that's not me complaining. I was just asking because no. I didn't remember. No, he did do that. Like because he it was he was uh he was at 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 his wits end and it was so unexpected but i was pleasantly surprised by it yeah um and tommy you know he he agrees he'll take her out at dawn and then we cut back to the movie tommy's come back into the mess hall he looks at maria and they basically have a knowing look at each other 
he's like, yo, baby, I got to go. And Maria's not pleased, um, but he, this is what has to be done. So Joel goes in back and goes, Joel, Joel goes into the house that they're supposed to be staying at. And this is a, this scene is essentially like the game, but not. And I guess we'll talk about that after we maybe this little blurb here. Um, um, or we'll do this little chunk and then talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Joel goes back into the house, go, goes into the house. The scenes essentially just like the game. Joel's trying to explain to Ellie why it's better for Tommy to go with her than to go with him. Ellie's pissed. She says she's not Sarah. You know, she's lost people too. Uh, Joel says, you don't know what loss, what loss is. And, uh, Ellie says everybody she's ever cared for has either died or left her. And then she says, everybody fucking except for you, Mm -hmm. Uh, just like the video game. And she says, so she wouldn't be safer with anybody else. She'd just be more scared. Mm -hmm. And then Joel says, you're right. You're not my daughter. And I sure as hell ain't your dad. And uh, come dawn, we're going our separate ways. Um, And then Joel leaves the room. Uh, uh, and then he has a flashback to hanging ornaments on a Christmas tree with Sarah. Um, we cut to Dawn. Ellie's in in the bedroom. She's with her. She's wrapped up in her eggplant coat, ready to go. Tommy comes in to get her. They walk to the stables. Joel is already there. And then Ellie says, you came to say goodbye or something? Joel says, no, I came in to steal one of these horses and go. Uh, Tommy says, I would have gave you one. Joel says, I know. And he says, anyway, that was 30 minutes ago. And I guess you deserve a choice. I still think you'd be better off with Tommy. Ellie cuts him off and says, let's go, which was like really a sweet moment. Um, Almost I could have teared up there, but I didn't. And uh, Tommy tells Joel to head south east till you get to I-25. It's right off the interstate. Shouldn't be hard to miss. They hug. Tommy says, there's a place for you here for the both of you. Joel says, counting on it. And Joel asked to borrow Tommy's rifle since Maria took his. And Tommy says, I already said yes. And then they head out. So in the game, in the game, because the medium is the message. Right. In the game, Ellie finds out that Joel wants to leave her there with Tommy so Tommy can take her to Colorado. When she finds this out, she steals one of the horses and runs away to some abandoned house. So Tommy and Joel go to chase after her and then they, they encounter some bandits or hunters. And then once you kill those hunters slash bandits, you find Ellie in this house. Then you have that conversation that we just talked about. Uh, and that conversation gets interrupted by Tommy because he busts in the room and says, we got company. So you got to clear the house out out of those from with, from clear the house of those bandits. And then you go back to Jackson and um you you go on they go there's joel and ellie continue their journey to colorado what did you think about this sequence uh rod oh yeah it was great it was you know this is uh because i like i said this is the part where i'd say it's the economy of storytelling it's it's pulling back and yeah. being like we don't need that part from the game we can get that all from this like five minutes of them talking at the stable Mm-hmm. without all that shit and i love that they kind of flipped it and remixed it and made it because at its core that's where she was 
uh, that's the whole thing in the game. She felt the abandonment he was going to do to her and was like, I'm out. And so we still got that abandonment conversation and then his redemption or, you know, 180 the same way. So, yeah, it, it all connected for me. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then after this, we home stretch. This is the home. I'll I'll do all of this and we'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, so we cut to Joel teaching Ellie how to shoot. Uh, Ellie's not good yet. And she's complaining. You're like, oh, this doesn't aim shoot right or blah, blah, blah. And Joel basically says, I'm going to show you how it's done. And he shoots it, nails it. And Ellie's like, you dick. And then you cut to them riding away. And you see the target says like asshole on it. And Joel has shot right through the hole in the H, like dead center. And uh, that was like a cool shot. I like that. Also, so, it's funny uh, because earlier he had said that Tommy couldn't have used that rifle. Yeah. <laughs> and taken something out from half a mile. He was just talking that talk. Yeah. And he's like, that was a good ass rifle. It's like kind of like those things, like when you're like they were Mason and Druckman were talking about like how when you're a kid, you're impressed by your parents, especially like your dad. If if you're a male, you're like your dad does something cool. You're like, wow, that's that's cool. And then Joel enjoyed doing that. Joel enjoyed doing a cool thing and impressing Ellie. So that was like a neat, like, I remember like watching my dad hit at the batting cages, you know, like showing me how to hit, which I never was good at. That's why I'm podcasting and an actor. <laughs> so, uh, but it, it was cool to watch that. So I like that. Um, so then we get to uh, them not like more scenes uh exposition like really great shots of them riding riding off riding on the horse heading to colorado uh they're talking um there's and then joel they're talking about like joel asked ellie asked joel what was the way things were in jackson was that like how it was everywhere and joel says no that the country's too big for that you know but he basically says there's two main ways of looking at things some people wanted to own things some people wanted to wait wanted to own everything and some people didn't want to own anything at all and then she says which one were you joel says neither i just did my job ellie says which which was building and he says yeah we were called contractors ellie says that's pretty cool joel says yeah we were cool everybody loved contractors <laughs> and and then ellie says cool and then she like had a nice sweet moment she uh rests her head on his back and uh really sweet father-daughter moment. Uh we cut to Joel teaching her about football as they get to the exit uh to the college. Uh that's in the game. Uh, most of the dialogue in this section is just like the game. Uh Joel brings up what he'd do if he could do any if he could do anything. He brings it up himself. And he's done this a couple of times, especially um uh, right before we meet Henry and Sam, I guess that's episode four. And he, he brings up Ellie's conversation. So it's kind of like showing that he cares. Anyway, he says, um, if he could do anything, he'd be a singer. He wanted to be one when he was a kid and Ellie tells him to sing for her later. And he's like, oh, I don't know. He says, you're laughing at me. He says, well, I'm not, no, I'm not, you know? And he <laughs> says like, look, you know, uh, you got to sing for me later, especially if I'm going to save the fucking world. It's the least he could do for. Her. 
<laughs> and they're going riding around campus. There's nothing around. It's just monkeys. Uh, the first time Ellie's seen monkeys in her life. Then they see a firefly symbol uh, uh, on a sign that's pointing in the direction of the science building. Nobody's around. Uh, they they uh, mount, they dismount the horse, tie him up, and uh, Ellie gets her gun out, and they go into the building. Nobody's around yet. Ellie mm-hmm. says they were there were definitely doctors here. Uh, she sees like medical equipment, medical supplies. Joel finds what he calls a packing list, something you write before leaving a place. Uh, they hear a noise upstairs. They go upstairs and they open the door, find a couple more stray monkeys. Joel says at least there weren't any clickers. Ellie says maybe in all that research, they turn into fucking monkeys. Mm-hmm. Then they find a map that shows the, that the fireflies went to St. Mary's Hospital in Salt Lake City, Utah, home of the All-Star Game. <laughs> uh, the They hear voices outside. And then Joel peeks out of the window, sees about four uh, hunters surveying the area, and they head out the back door and they run to the horse. Joel is putting his rifle away. When Ellie screams at him to turn around and, and Joel turns around, he dodges a bandit trying to attack him with a baseball bat. Joel grabs him from behind, uh, strangles him, snaps his neck, just like the video game. Mm-hmm. Ellie gets has her gun out, trained on the guy, and she looks at Joel stunned. Joel looks down and sees a shard of the broken bat in his stomach, and Joel pulls it out. Ellie tells him to get on the horse. He does. There's the other three bandits, hunters, uh, start chasing after them. They go. Ellie pulls out, has her gun out. She shoots at him. They get away because nobody's following them. So they're safe. And Joel falls off the horse. Ellie tells Joel to open his eyes. She says, I can't do this without you. I I don't know where the fuck I'm going. What the fuck I'm going to do. Joel, please, Joel, please. She's like struggling. The only needle drop other than hearing uh, the score of the game and, the sh- you know, obviously the, the show, too. We hear this needle drop of uh, uh, Never Let Me Down, which is a cover of Depeche Mode song that's uh, sung by Jessica Mason, Craig Mason's daughter. Nepo, baby. Um, and it's one of those like somber covers of a of a of a what is normally a dance jam and Mm. this song was written in the 80s so we know from the radio code 80s means trouble so we're in trouble rod your thoughts man what a fucking ending what a cliffhanger i love the change of um taking um joe's impaling because you know in the game he falls on that metal pipe yeah um, I love that change to just him getting impaled with the broken part of the bat and them escaping. Um, and it was interesting because uh, this was a part of the game that I didn't know how they would translate to what we were about to see. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because it, you spend a bit of time exploring that building. And, you and, do. And, yeah. And, and yeah. Like. <laughs> Like, you know, you go through all that shit with the monkeys and all that. And I was like, how are they going? Like, I, I was looking at my clock like they don't got time for this. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, they were able to pull it off, man. And it was seamless. And that's what I love about the storytelling is they pick their spot and it still hit all the same emotional notes. It still hit everything it needed to do for the plot. And you can tell when we hop off next week is it's going to be, you know, uh, 
some stuff from uh the the the, the DLC and stuff and it's like god this is the perfect place to put that while yeah. he's while he's in that uh you know coma or sleep or whatever while he's healing it's it's just very very well done yeah i was really impressed by this like i love the way like cuz you're talking about the economy of ev- the way that they're doing this throughout the whole series and in, in particular this past this this sequence mm-hmm. i love the fact that it was kind of unceremonious yeah in the game it was just like an event it was like he gets impaled by this rebar yeah ellie's like dragging him you're in the game you're like in joe's pov where things are blurry and then you see ellie become john wick in the video game which is an awesome moment yeah and i and it's like wow like that's and in the game is after you've taken out like 10 people or something yeah so like here he just he gave that first dude a fade but uh but that dude also is the dude who impaled him and it's hitting on his worst fear you know that he can't protect ellie that he is too washed to do this and so i think the solve for that fear is gonna come in the the rest of the season which is nigga ellie is the new you you know like you looking at the you looking at the solution is teaching this girl how to fend for herself is actually going to teach her how to help you. Yeah. And, uh, and so I love that. Yeah, dude, like this, this is, and not to mention like in the game to me, one of the hardest sequences in the game is, is you going into one of these dorms and there's all these infected and you fight a bloater. There's a bunch of clickers there too. And I remember the first time playing it, like not knowing anything, mm-hmm. it was hard. And I look at the way some of these people, play it on playthroughs on youtube it's like fuck you guys yeah it's it's hard as shit i can't do all that yeah it's hard as hell and you and you go through all this and yeah i this is this is great like it it was just such a great ending i am uh super excited for left behind because i i think playing it in the high fidelity uh a few months ago was just like it just made the story even more real uh i connected with it even more um it's it's so good dude yeah i'm i'm really excited i'm really excited to see storm reed i'm really excited to see ellie's backstory i think maybe we'll get ashley johnson in this as as Mm -hmm. ellie's mother um Mm -hmm. i don't know how far they'll go i think maybe we get to Another character, uh, uh, David. I think we'll get to him. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really, uh, yeah, I'm I'll be really impressed to see because they still have three episodes left. But with what the way they're pacing it, I do not put it beyond them to take it all the way to the end of the first game. You know? Oh, they will. They will. Okay. By by the time it's over, they will. Okay. I and I think you're right about like, because what happens when joel mm-hmm. when he gets right yeah it 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 just goes to my other it's not even an agenda but my thoughts that i about this about this game and i think what what i anticipate and because you're more of a surveyor of the internet than i am mm-hmm. what i think is going to happen where people are going to try to be have all this sanctimony about like 
the right thing to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The finale is going to definitely end with everyone going back to questioning Joe yeah. as a character and as a good person. But if yeah. they do that, that's fine. But just understand that every single episode of this show has been foreshadowing yeah. that that love is a destructive, dangerous force. Yeah. And when when push comes to shove, it right and wrong, it no love is about protecting itself. <laughs> yeah. Cause and I guess I'll hit on it more like once the once the season's over, but it's just like I don't I don't get the argument. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't I don't get it. Cause like when I played it, I was like, yeah, I, of course we this thing yeah, happens. It reminds me, I'll, I'll say this and, and we I'm sure we could wrap up, but yeah. I, it reminds me of I had this. I was on Four Hour Nerds and they were talking about recapping What If from Disney. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Marvel What If. And they were shitting on Doctor Strange because he kind of becomes evil because he gets obsessed with trying to bring his woman back to life and essentially ends up like destroying the rest of the universe. And mm-hmm. You know, everybody was talking about how bad it was. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. If Karen died, I think I'd fuck all of y'all. Like, yeah. Yeah. like honestly, I'd be one of them. Y'all would, I just had to be the bad guy. Cause like, I, if I have the power, if you're, right. if you're saying there's a way, I mean, maybe it just hit different for me. But I'm like, yeah, the rest of the world wasn't that cool anyway. So yeah. I feel like that's kind of the, the, the 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 that's the that's the danger of love that's the thing people don't like to admit to themselves yeah damn you made me think about now you made me think about eternal sunshine of the spotless mind mm. you saw that right i think so but it's been a long time ago it's 2003 time. it's like 20 years yeah ago. it's really good but just it's been a long time. but like being in love with somebody so much you break up and basically you want to erase that person from your memory from your brain yeah because yeah, that's a total pain is too much yeah so yeah man it, it's i really don't see yeah i'm i'm excited about it i think this is great uh rod i mean hey dude like thanks so much for doing this uh no problem. thanks for having in, me man you came in the in the clutch like robert ori um, <laughs> in the playoffs uh well, you know I, I know i'm replacing vero p for the week you know but i appreciate uh you having me on and uh you know, uh, allow me to, to to talk and uh, to do that thing. And uh, yeah, anytime you need me, just let me know. Of course. Yeah. Maybe we'll try to do like a little roundtable thing for the last episode. We'll see what happens, but you never okay. know. But yeah, like this was this was great, man. Um, plug plug some stuff. I know uh, I know people that that listen to this podcast know about you, but do it anyway. There might be right. new people. Yeah, social media. You can just follow me at Rodimus Prime. Um, uh, I think my TikTok is Rod TBGWT. Uh, I got a Black History Month s- a series going on right now, uh, so y'all should check that out if you get a chance. Um, and uh, I write for the TV show Game Theory with Bomani Jones on Fridays at eleven o'clock a- at night. And you can also watch it on HBO Max, and uh, they do count those streams. So if you want to watch it on HBO Max, you don't feel bad. It's fine if you don't watch it live. Um, and check out my podcast I do with my wife. It's The Black Guy Who Tips. And uh, Chris is a frequent guest on there. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate you for having me, bro. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate you. And we'll talk to you next time. Take it easy, everybody.